Welcome to another place and time Where one day you'll be dead or you'll survive Hey everybody and welcome to Dead or Survive. I am Rob Riches and I am here with my wife, Cheryl Riches. That's me. The stealer of the bed. The kicker, the <laughs> slapper in the night, the mean to me, I've had no sleep in 13 years. Okay, but years. every time I get out of bed, I'm going to let you in on what happens around here. And if I get up to go to the bathroom or whatever, I come back and suddenly the dog has my pillow. It's mysterious how that happens. I told you when we bought this place, it was built in the 1800s, there's ghosts. No. Have you That's ever se- have you ever seen me do it? No, but I know it's you. You don't know it's Every me. Every time. You I... can't go. If you went into a court of law right now and said, he moved my pillow, what's your proof? Well, the dog had it. <laughs> you give the dog my pillow. No. Every time. Nope. And then she gives me this look of disgust when I take it back. Well, why are you being mean to the dog? <laughs> Clearly, she needs her own pillow. <laughs> Well, then get her own pillow. Don't give her mine. I didn't see any problem with you this morning when you looked up and saw that she had somehow got underneath all my blankets and was cuddled up underneath there. Oh, that was cute, though. Yeah. So uh, I had a team member um, decide that they weren't going to work with me anymore. Uh, they Or at the corporation anymore or company. They've uh, put in their resignation. So that is sad. I hate to see decent team members leave, but... I also kind of like it if they can survive on their own or come up with something different. Don't get stuck in factory yeah, sometimes. I don't know. It's... Or something that you don't like in general. Yeah. Yeah. If you're not happy somewhere, then, you know, I get all these, I work with a bunch of people and they're not happy about being there, but they don't want to leave. And sometimes you get caught in those, I call them the golden handcuffs. You know, you you got a lifestyle in a house and you get nervous on whether you want to right. leave that lifestyle. Are not going to be able to make my mortgage payments? Yeah. Or even if you Are sold everything. Are the kids everything. still going to be able to be in hockey? All right, of that stuff. Right. It's all that stuff, right? It's golden handcuffs. So yeah, um, good for her. She gave me a bottle of scotch. That was very nice of her. It was very nice of her. Um, I know somebody out there had asked me if you were going to be drinking the bottle of scotch. <laughs> you are safe. I don't like scotch. Did you hear that? Google just uh, did a warning. Do not drink scotch. I think that's what that, <laughs> that little chime was. <laughs> Sorry, I'm playing on the laptop while talking. I shouldn't be doing that, but sometimes I have to find out. I have to do fact searching and get things up like what ridiculous stuff is my wife going to talk about today and then not know anything about. So I have to have my laptop fired up. That's sometimes true. No, that's not most of the time always. True. Most of the time I do my research, but once in a while you get on there and you'd be like, what is the weight of the sun? And then you come up with the answer while we're talking. This is true. You know what else, people? If you're still with us, we really, really appreciate it because we've been going back over our last yeah. uh, episodes and uh, Cheryl's learned some new tricks. So okay. she's cleaning yeah, them so up. I apologize for that last episode. For anybody that listened to it off the get-go, it was bad. My voice was very quiet and Rob's was very loud and I didn't know how to fix that. But since then, I've learned how and I've gone back and I fixed it. And then I went back to fix some of the other ones. And I went back to some of our first episodes and I was like, wow. So if you remember a couple episodes ago when we were uh, talking, my mic kind of fell all apart on me. Everything went for a crap (laughs) during the middle of the recording. So since then, I've got a new microphone, got everything set up. So getting the... uh, the acoustics rate, I guess, was a yeah. little off in our last one. So we do apologize for that. But yeah, some of the old ones were horrible. <laughs> I mean, 
your sections. Mine were perfect, but your sections, wow. No wonder why people aren't listening to us. I don't blame them. Anyways, we're trying to learn. It's going to keep me from getting Alzheimer's, I hope. That's right. We are the uh, little podcast that could. Um, we are trying our hardest, um, doing all this on our own. Yep. But uh, has anybody out there heard of Tom McDonald? I've heard of Tom McDonald. I know you have because I talk about him all the time and all that yes. stuff. So he's a Canadian. If you don't know him, he's a Canadian rapper. Uh, a lot of people say he's clickbait. He's a... Uh, I don't know. I, I like his songs. They say that they're uh, they're very um like politically and very um what's that word I'm looking for controversial. controversial. Yeah. Um, but he says what a lot of us are just scared to say, or a lot of beliefs that I have. There's some things on there, of course. I don't agree with everything he says, but I would say probably a good ninety percent of it. He's got a new uh, hip hop tune out that uh, is actually really good. I played it for my wife, and she's like, "Wow, that's way different from him." So that's Ghost. Anyways, the reason why I'm up here talking about him is because he is 100% independent. So he started everything on his own. Um, he does all the recording on his own. His girlfriend, uh, Nova, she does all the editing and stuff. So it's it's almost a similar uh, situation as Cheryl and I. But the reason why he's doing what he's doing and being successful at it is because of people listening and people liking and yeah. people following. And that's what we ask from you guys. So it's awesome to, it's awesome to see somebody that came from Canada is now thriving in a business that he likes doing kind of what we do. We, we pay for our own equipment. We take care of our stuff. We learn as we go. We make mistakes, but he succeeded. So it gives me that little bit of hope. I don't ever expect us to be Joe Rogan, $800,000 no. an episode, but it's kind of cool that we are surviving and, and seeing the numbers that we're getting and, yeah. and it's climbing fun. our chat up. Watch, checking every week to see how so, we and, and that all that all comes because of you guys listening to us, whether it's horrible or not. <laughs> Yeah. So we uh, we do approach, appreciate it. We are uh, recording a little early today because we're off to a football celebration. Yeah, Apparently, there's that. a football game. They don't on today. know that because I'm releasing this later. But oh, we'll be at the celebration probably when I release this. Yes, I didn't know you were releasing later. I am. Yes. Yep. Do you know anything about football? I don't. I hate football. Honestly, <laughs> I hate it. I've always hated it. Even like I tried to take an interest when my son was playing football because I wanted to go out and support him or whatever. But the rules are just so dumb. There's, There's just so simple. many. Go 10 so yards. Many. Go 10 yards. Go 10 <laughs> yards. Throw, I just, run. Throw, no, run. It's simple. It's like move forward, move back, move forward, move back. It's just ridiculous. It's not. So for some <laughs> people that don't know, I played football a lot when I was younger, all through high school. I actually had invites from Michigan Wolverines, Florida Gators, 17 universities in Canada. Uh, I was successful at none of them because I took up drinking and, <laughs> and chasing girls. So yeah, I didn't go anywhere with it, but I loved football. So, um, But as the uh, Dan Marinos and uh, Troy Aikmans and Joe Montanas and Jerry Rices sort of went out of the league and I didn't play anymore, I stopped following. But I do, I do like going to the Super Bowl. I like... I like, uh, parties i like watching the people you like the hors d'oeuvres yeah and, and, like <laughs> and the alcohol hanging out with my friends and whatever yeah so regardless it's a good social thing yeah uh, unfortunately i became a hockey fan and unfortunately i cheer for the leafs yeah. who sucked last night <laughs> jesus all right 32nd place team before in the league and they off, lost before you go off onto a 30 minute tangent oh this is right oh yeah <laughs> we're is, not on that this is we'll leave that go check out steve dangle <laughs> He extends everything I believe in. This is where I reel you back in. Okay, really in, really in. Uh, how about you? That's kind of my stuff. 
my uh, my week's been pretty decent at work. I think we, we actually got to hang out this week. It was kind of yeah low key like when we slept in yeah oh my god <laughs> all our power went out in the house and i looked over and went oh shit like we were late yeah it was i got to sleep in it was fabulous i liked it <laughs> hmm. she's like this is what normal people live like yeah and i'm stressed out pulling my hair out driving white knuckle down the highway yeah this is what normal people are like <laughs> when i first met my wife we work together and I am a person I used to smoke too so I used to I have a routine I like to come to work early I like to get my stuff laid out turn on and kind of ease in and when I smoked I like to go out have a cigarette have a coffee get ready then come in and, and and do my activities my wife who was on my line at work I would be doing attendance and writing stuff down and she would be coming running down the aisle going, I'm here, I'm here. And you would think, oh, wow, you know, once is forgivable every day. Okay, but I do have an excuse. I had to drop my daughter off at swimming before and I couldn't every let her, I couldn't leave her out in the dark parking lot, walked out of the, the pool. I had to wait until they unlocked the doors. Um, I know your daughter. You probably could have. I probably could have. <laughs> She's mean. I didn't want her to be on one of my survival stories. <laughs> she wouldn't be. <laughs> the guy that attacked her would be. <laughs> Anyways. All right. So you got a story for us? Yep, I do. Uh, this might be a little off today, too, because, again, we are recording earlier. So I don't, I don't, did you put alcohol in that drink? I did. Oh, I put some aviation. Never mind. <laughs> it doesn't some... matter what time or day it is for my I wife. I mean, it's tradition. It's I'm tradition. recording. I'm recording. It doesn't matter that it's 9 a.m. Pour the gin in. It, it might as well be a mimosa. It's orange juice and, and aviation gin. Aviation. Ryan Reynolds, my yes, buddy. Yes. All right. Well, then let her rip, potato chip. Okay. I'm going to tell you about Kendra Beebe. Kendra Beebutt? What? Kendra Beebe. Okay. So Kendra met her first husband on a trip to London, England not Ontario. It was all excitement and romance. He was a professional dancer. He had owned a business, but he sold it and he was retired. Professional dancer? <laughs> yeah, that's what he went with. Like exotic? No. Like, like Chip and Dale? I don't know what he claimed to be. Oh. Okay. They started a long distance relationship. She would fly to England to visit. And after about eight months of knowing him, she became pregnant. And they got married in Las Vegas. About a week later, she found out that his whole life had been, that he had portrayed had been a lie. He had three other children with three, three other, with, sorry, two other women. And he had also been cheating on her the whole time. So she separated from him. Good for her. Yeah. She went through the pregnancy alone and raised her child by herself until the baby was six months old. In the meantime, her husband kept calling her and telling her that he had changed. He was a changed man now, and that he had come to his senses, and he just wanted his family. He, she really wanted to believe it because she wanted to have her family back together. So she took him back. Big mistake. Usually, a few months after having, after having gotten back together, she got pregnant with her second baby, and then she had the baby. And a couple months after she had the baby, they had the same cell phone. So she grabbed his phone by mistake and she found texts from other women and found out that he was still cheating on her. So he was basically using her for a green card. She spent her, so she ended the relationship again. And she spent her days taking care of her children and the business that she owned, but it was a lot. So she got a nanny to move in with her. This whole thing you're guessing is it this person is it this person who's gonna try to hurt her 
or is it Kendra? Kendra? Who's yeah. Kendra? That's the girl I'm talking about. Are you listening? Oh, sorry. I am <laughs> listening, but you're like, <laughs> normally you talk so much about Kendra that I just assumed that she was the... Oh, but who is it? Is it the nanny? She got a nanny to move in with her. Her nanny encouraged her to get back out there. So in July of 2007, Kendra joined an online dating site and she met somebody. He was an attractive man named Shelley Malil. And it turned out he was an actor. He was a pretty big actor. He'd been in a ton of TV shows and movies like Holes, Collateral Damage, Scrubs, Reba, and NYPD Blue. (gasps) What? I know this. You know this? I think so. It is her. But he's most known for playing besides Steve Carell in 40-Year-Old Virgin as Haziz, a co-worker of Carell's. He was born in Karela, India, and with his parents, immigrated to the United States of America in 1974 when he was 10 years old. He always dreamed of being a humorous performer, and Bob Hope was his major role model growing up. He began following his aspirations in his adolescent years as he entertained students on the high school stage and occasionally did stand-up. Did you know Bob Hope claimed to never have to do a reshoot? No. Yeah. Was it Bob Hart, Hope or Bob? No, maybe it was Bob Newhart. Never mind. Now oh. I got to go look it up. I don't remember. <laughs> That's pretty impressive either way because we have to do reshoots all the time and we do what? audio. <laughs> what? Never. Don't tell her secrets. <laughs> uh, he re- relocated to Los Angeles in 1994 with a van and less than $1,000. He made his television debut with the roles of Briscoe County Jr. in which he had a little cameo role. Following his debut, he was given small roles in other series, including ER, Seinfeld, and The West Wing. These brief cameos didn't do much for much recognition, though. But this is my very loose tie to Super Bowl right here, because today's Super Bowl Sunday. In 2001, he did a Budweiser commercial during the Super Bowl. Was he one of the horses? <laughs> no. Was he one of the frogs? Do you remember? Bud. No. Why? Zer. Do you remember the what's up commercial? Yes. He wasn't in that. But do you remember they did a sequel after that? They did a sequel to the what's up commercial. No. And it was like basically these like businessmen. Like they're tra- Oh, yes. I do remember that. <laughs> what are you doing? What are you doing? Well, he was in that commercial. You know, we have a friend of ours that was in a commercial. We do. And yeah. he did not speak a word through the whole commercial, and it was for Cooler's Light. Yeah. And yeah. it's amazing. Yeah, the guy with the talking bear head. Yeah, mountain man. <laughs> yeah. We ride motorcycles with yeah. him. Anyways, that's the commercial he was in, and that got him some recognition. So Kendra was a little bit concerned about his Hollywood lifestyle because she wasn't all about that. Um, but the more she got to know him, the more she realized how much they had in common. He was also a divorced father. He was a good listener and he seemed like a very family oriented person that shared the same values as her. One month and many emails later, Kendra was ready to meet her Shelly in person. He drove two hours to take her out to a really nice lunch. He picked her up. He opened the door. He pulled out a chair. He was engaging. He was interested. He was a gentleman, and it was really a perfect date. So sort of like I do for you all the time. Okay. Shush. Read your story. <laughs> um, by the time Shelly dropped her off that afternoon, without even expecting a kiss, 
Kendra was smitten. Over the next few weeks, the couple continued getting to know each other, and Kendra introduced Shelley to her children. They got along great, and everything seemed perfect. By October 2007, the couple was dating exclusively. However, by Thanksgiving, so let's I'll specify American Thanksgiving, so by November, Shelley started to become controlling of Kendra. He would criticize her clothing and check and see who she was talking to. You know, it was like the whole, what are you doing? Who are you talking to? Where are you going? What did you talk about? Like you do to me all the time? No. <laughs> yes. No. But it was like, it wasn't just, you know, I'm interested conversation. It was interrogation. You're not interested. Whatever. See? <laughs> um. So, and then Kendra also learned that he was struggling with alcoholism. So the relationship became an on-again and off-again ordeal. In December, Shelley checked himself into an outpatient rehab. When Christmas came, Kendra's children were supposed to be with their biological father, but he didn't show up. So Shelley came in and saved the day. He showed up with a trunk full of gifts for the kids, and he took Kendra and the kids to the Four Seasons for dinner. And they got back together. But after a couple of months, it was right back to the controlling behavior. She just does this round and round and round again stuff? Yeah. She really beats herself up for it, though, <laughs> afterwards. Anyways. Then it would be like, oh, when she bent over and he could see down her shirt, he'd be like, I can see down your shirt when you bend over. And then she'd throw it out. And then she'd put on a different shirt. And then he'd something about that shirt he wouldn't like. And then she'd throw it out. It was just this, like, the whole, it was see-through. It was whatever. She was, He was just really on her about her clothes. It was exhausting. And she had had enough. So she ended it again. A few weeks later, Shelley called and apologized, saying that he had fallen off the wagon. He said it wouldn't happen again, and he invited to a red carpet of premiere. Kendra agreed to go. He was really nice, and it was a really great night. The whole premiere thing, she met famous people. It was fun. But as soon as she left L.A. and went back home, it started all over again. Kev Kendra had had enough, so she told Shelley she couldn't do this anymore. Shelley accused her of using him for red carpet premieres and said he really needed to see her. Could he come by on the weekend and just talk as friends? Kendra said that her cousin was going to be over for the weekend. She but said, yes, she was no, suffer. <laughs> no, she said, yes, but my cousin's going to be here too. So throughout all of this, Kendra was still being harassed by her ex-husband. And her ex would call Shelley and they would have big conversations about Kendra. Anyways, the weekend comes and Kendra, her cousin, and Shelly went to go to San Diego to go surfing. Shelly started getting all moody again at the beach. He grabbed Kendra's keys and took off in the car. Kendra and her cousin were left stranded at the beach in just their swimsuits. And they ended up having to hitchhike back home. Turns out, Shelly thought that Kendra was paying more attention to her cousin than him. And that's what, that's what set him off. He drove to Kendra's car back to her house and left all of the doors locked. So they ended up having to break into the house through a window. Obviously, Kendra was very embarrassed. Shelley continued to try and text and call Kendra, but she ignored him. But Shelley did call her ex-husband again and talked to him for about an hour and a half. Shelley also emailed Kendra's co-workers sexually explicit photos of her. But Kendra had no idea any of this was going on. So the next morning, on August 10th, 2008, Kendra drops her cousin off at the train station. Around 7 p.m., Kendra had a good friend of hers, David, text her. He asked if he could come by. Kendra agreed. 
So Kendra put her children to bed and then she was sitting on the back patio with David. And it turns out David had just had a breakup with a crazy ex. So the two of them sat on the patio, drank wine and compared crazy ex stories. Well, who comes strolling through the door into the patio? Shelly. Oh, I was going to say her ex-husband. No. Very confusing. <laughs> he's not wearing a shirt and he has no shoes on and he's got his hand behind his back. He walked towards Kendra and started leaning in, and Kendra thought he was leaning in to give her a hug, so she leaned up to hug him back. But instead, Kendra saw a flash of silver from a knife, and instantly Shelly stabbed Kendra in the side three times. David screamed and got up to fight Shelly off. He ended up getting the knife um, by the blade and throwing it into the ravine behind the house. Kendra was holding her wounds while this was going on and screaming to the neighbors, hoping they would hear because everybody had their windows to call 911. David, after he got the knife off of him and threw it, he ran to his car to get his cell phone to call 911. While he was gone, Shelly grabbed a wine glass and busted it over. I was going to say, so he just left, he left her, her there? there with the crazy man. But I think he thought he had to do something, right? I don't know. But yeah, he left her there with the crazy man. All right. Yeah. So... Shelly grabbed a wine glass and busted it over Kendra's back. Kendra tried to get through the gate, but she couldn't. So when she started heading back in the other direction to go through the house, Shelly was standing there again. He had gone into the house and got the biggest butcher knife that he could find. Kendra picked up a hoe that was nearby and tried to fend, up, fend him off, but Shelly got her. And yeah, you said hoe. <laughs> uh, Shelly started stabbing her again. Kendra was just trying to... She has a hoe in her hand and he's still able to get close enough to stab her? Well, I think he got the hoe off of her. He's probably a lot stronger. Kendra was just trying to survive, so she kept saying, Shelly, I love you. Shelly, please don't hurt me. And Shelly would stop for just a second, and then he'd say, yeah, right, you love me, and then stab her again. And he kept stabbing her. Shelly cut Kendra's chin so badly that it was hanging off of her face. Jesus. Yeah. Kendra was trying to hold body parts together while at the same trying, time trying to get away from Shelly. The next door neighbor, Chuck, heard Kendra screams for help and he came over. But he thought that she, he was punching Kendra. He didn't think he was stabbing her. So he came back and tried to like defuse the situation. While Shelly was distracted, Kendra tried to make a break for it through the house. So she ran inside trying to get through the front door. But Shelly followed her, chasing her with a knife. Chuck ran around the house and came in through the front door. And Shelly stabbed Kendra again. Chuck was able to talk Shelly into putting the knife down. So Chuck sat with Kendra in a love seat. Kendra had been stabbed 25 times. Chuck and Kendra just tried, tried to sit there and hold her body together to try to slow the bleeding down. But Shelly looked at Chuck and said, I wouldn't hold her if I were you. She has AIDS. So Chuck dropped her and looked at her with all her blood all over him and said, Kendra, do you have AIDS? And Kendra said, no, please, I don't have AIDS. Please just come over here and hold me. I can't hold all the places myself. So he did. And then Shelly came over and it must have appeared that he was going to come over and try to help because he had a towel in his hand and Chuck didn't try to stop him right away. But he put the towel over top of Kendra's mouth and started to suffocate her. What? This man <laughs> just, okay, I don't understand these people. One guy takes off running. Where's he with the cell phone? Yeah, he's 
on the street waiting for the cops. Oh, that's good. So we got a crazy man in the backyard with somebody that's stabbing. Yeah. We got a neighbor that came over, saw him either punching her or stabbing her, wasn't sure. Now knows for sure that he stabbed her. The yeah. guy is still in the house and he's letting her near, letting yeah. him near her. I don't her. know. I, like, it's this, one of those wow. things, like in all of our stories, where everybody must be in complete shock. Like, what is going on? This complete can't be shock really or happening. not. Get the hell away from her. Yeah. Anyways, he eventually did, like, he noticed when she started twitching that he was trying to suffocate her and he fought him off again. So, finally, Shelley made his way towards the door, and the last thing he said before he left was, David, David, David. And then he left. David was waiting for the police up the street. The police came and saw a man covered in blood and thought he was the perpetrator. So they detained and questioned David. And in the meantime, Shelley got away. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> it's like the Keystone oh, Cops, wow. right? That's what you picture? I don't Jesus. know. Yeah. Kendra was rushed to the hospital. She had been stabbed 25 times and she had two punctured lungs. And she had obviously lost a lot of blood. She actually lost half of the blood in her body. Doctors didn't have time to give her stitches. Every one of her wounds was stapled together. She had to be intubated, but the doctors didn't need to make a cut because she already had a cut in her neck. So they just intubated her through one of the cuts in her neck. She ended up losing her entire right lower back muscle. She was hospitalized for eight days. Eight Jesus. days seems like not that much. Yeah, it doesn't seem that long for, for as yeah. horrific as it sounded. Yeah. Wow. When she did go back to get her staples removed, the nurse said that they were going to count how many there were. But they got tired of counting it took four hours to remove all of the staples. Wow. Yeah. It almost took as long to remove the staples as it did for her to heal. <laughs> yeah, I think so. <laughs> <laughs> That's how long she got out of the hospital. She had a really hard time after she got out of the hospital. She was like, she couldn't even lift. She couldn't lift her children. She couldn't lift the vacuum. She was very weak. Like, of course she was. Um, anyways, Shelly left Kendra's house that night and drove back to his home and showered. He packed a few things and checked into a hotel outside of town. The next day, he called his agent, who told him that the police were looking for him. He called a lawyer and arranged for his surrender. So on August 11th, Shelley turned himself in. He was immediately arrested for attempted murder, mayhem, and burglary. And bail was set at $2 million. He claimed that he went to Kendra's house to apologize for taking some items from her home and to apologize for sending those photos to her co-workers. He went into the backyard, and suddenly he was attacked by David. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Oh, well, he was covered in blood. And... <laughs> right. Uh, he didn't really have an explanation for stabbing her 23 times, or it says 23 in some accounts and 25 in others, except that it was an accident. <laughs> he accidentally <laughs> I stabbed love that. her. I accidentally <laughs> stabbed her. Stabbed her. 23 times i don't it was an accident i fell and my my hand i, I started i started having a seizure and i couldn't stop and i don't know it just he said he didn't realize that the knife was hurting kendra i don't i don't know i, I thought and it was a plastic lawyer, knife his lawyer said okay go ahead and say this like what kind of a lawyer is that yeah. i don't know i thought it was a plastic i thought it was a prop i thought i brought a prop from the show with me yeah. i was just gonna scare her i didn't know he said that kendra attacked him except most of her wounds, wounds were in her back. He's never confessed to a motive. Kendra believed that night the phone call between Shelley and her ex-husband, they planned on the murder of Kendra together. He changed his story later, admitting that the attack was premeditated. The defense lawyers went to work trying to discredit Kendra. 
They tried to drag her name through the mud. They made her seem like a promiscuous drug addict. So they found people that would help to discredit Kendra, like disgruntled ex-employees and her ex-husband. And they attacked her character at trial. They described her as a violent drama queen who tried to make men jealous. So when she was having her custody battle with her ex-husband, she lied at the trial about taking the children out of the country. She took the children on a trip to Mexico, and she took them to L.A. to visit Shelley. So this became a huge thing in the court case, that she was a liar. She also had a serious altercation with her ex when they got married, when they were married, sorry, in October 20th, 20, 2006. According to her ex, he and Kendra got into a serious argument at the home. He said during the argument, Kendra got a kitchen knife and cut his arm. Police were called and she was arrested, but no charges were filed. Kendra says what actually happened was when she walked out of the house, her ex cut himself. During Shelley's personal statement, he apologized for stabbing Kendra and said he wanted to go to prison. He said he wanted to do whatever he needed to do to make sure he made right from the wrong that he did. He also added, Kendra Beebe did not deserve anything that happened to her. I can't even imagine what she has been through. The trial lasted three weeks. During the deliberations, one of the jurors had to be removed because she slid a note to the judge saying, she couldn't be fair and impartial because she believes in karma and that the victim deserved this because of her immoral lifestyle. Wow. Yeah. So, so what? You think she deserved to be stabbed 23 times because she, what? I don't know. Because she lied at a custody hearing? Like, come on. Anyways. After an alternate was seated and the deliberation started over, Thursday afternoon, the jury reached the verdict in three and a half hours. On December 17th, 2010, the jury found him guilty of attempted premeditated murder, and he was sentenced to life. After the trial, Kendra said, During the course of the trial, it became clear he was an actor, but not a very good actor at that. His testimony was lie after lie after lie. She said, I was afraid because he was an actor that the people might believe his bad theatrics. I am pleased to see the justice system did his job, job properly. So it sounds good, right? Here we go. Here's the twist. <laughs> Here's the twist. In California, how long do you think a life sentence is? I think that the life sentence is 25 years, but with good behavior and all that stuff, you're probably out in, what, 10? One third of the sentence? In California, life sentence is 12 years. So I'm wrong. He was up for parole in January of 2018. The panel decided to accept Malil's request for parole, deciding that the actor posed a low risk for violence in the future, and he was released on good behavior. But his release was flagged by the governor, and the case had to be sent to a panel for review, and they had another hearing. It turns out that while he was in prison, he had an inappropriate relationship with a female staff member, so she was fired. It was probably like, oh my god, you're a star, right? <laughs> Whatever. Anyways, during the hearing, Kendra said that she continued to live in fear since the 2008 attack. She explained that Shelley calmly and method methodolic oh my god methodically methodically, methodically. <laughs> that's okay I know there's two words in mind coming up that I need your help with I was practicing reading it and I'm like oh she's gonna make fun of me he methodically butchered her over and over and that he said he had she said he had to attack her character at trial but on Tuesday August 28th the panel reviewed the evidence again and unanimous unanimously confirmed their earlier decision to grant parole 
This is what happens when she doesn't get her wine and yeah, she has to use it. She can't talk. This is why we have to film at night with wine, just so everybody knows what's going on. Malio was to leave prison in early September of 2018. He would be on supervised parole until 2023. So he served eight years. And since then, he's been laying low. Nobody really knows where he is or what he's doing. Kendra still suffers with PTSD and night terrors. And she doesn't believe that Shelly should be released from prison. She ended up moving out of state to help her mental state. She got counseling to try to work through her PTSD. And so like most of my stories, counseling was a crucial part of her healing after dealing with all this trauma. And I know that most of our listeners probably haven't been stabbed 23 times, but trauma comes in many different forms. And I encourage anybody that's out there that's dealing with anything that like they're having a hard time with, go get counseling. Like it's, it's what all of my people that thrive after their survivals, they've all got it. Go get counseling. <laughs> Do it. She says so. <laughs> that is my story of Kendra Beebe. That is your story? Yeah, my loosely based super bowl story loosely based <laughs> so loose <laughs> like so loose like did you where did you oh of course when i'm talking you gotta throw things <laughs> that was just my ipad no big deal <laughs> oh i tell everybody i need a new partner nobody ever believes me <laughs> <laughs> talked about Tom McDonald, so I had to play him. <laughs> and that song kind of fits right into what we're going to talk about. Super people. Yeah. So, a little bit of a theme going on for you again. You seem to like the animal theme. Yeah, I like your themes. So, this is a little theme. Let's see if you can catch on. Okay. You should have I'm it within grab, the... I'm going to... Yep. I'm going to guess your theme. You should be able to guess it in probably the first sentence. Okay. In 2015, a pastor from Zimbabwe, claimed he was gifted with powers from God. He claimed he could heal people. Okay. So is your theme like church-based? Okay. Yes, it is. <laughs> well, it's powers and pastors and stuff. Right. Five men from his village came to him asking for help to cure an illness that was an evil spirit that was plaguing their families. And he was more than happy to help. Of course, I'll help you. I have powers from God. That is what I'm supposed to do. Okay. Does he actually However, believe this? That he has powers? It, okay. Well, if he doesn't, then he's got some explaining to do. <laughs> okay. Well, I guess he can't. But anyways. However, with it being five people, the pastor said that he was going to need to absorb some more powers from the earth. He needed to, to be with one with the earth and absorb some of its healing powers so he could help all five. The five men asked what it needed to be done. And the pastor said, I need to be buried alive. Ooh, this way, this is your favorite thing. I know. <laughs> this way, the healing powers from the earth will pass through me, making me stronger. Okay. This so, guy has issues. All five men, plus the pastor, Pastor Johnny, started to dig the hole that would become his grave. Once they were done digging, the pastor laid face down in the hole. And face the, down. Face down in the hole. And the men, as they were instructed, buried him. When the time was right, 
as he instructed them to do, they unburied him, only to find him dead. Of course he was dead. They buried him alive. <laughs> right? Now, even though there was witnesses to all of this, and everybody heard what was going on and was told, they were charged, they were charged with his death. Oh, no. Well, I'm guessing they didn't get healed then. Yeah, yeah, it doesn't say if they ever got their... I hope it wasn't like they were having, you know, mental problems. (laughs) Because that certainly wouldn't have helped anything, any sort of mental health issues. What? Burying a pastor alive is not going to (laughs) help? Come on. Now, so that was Zimbabwe. We're going to scoot back over to the States. Because why wouldn't you? So one small town in Kentucky... Um, a bunch of pastors at a pentacle church claim handling snakes, of course, venomous. Oh, I think this was an snakes. episode of something that we watched. Yeah. So the snakes, they would pass the snakes around saying, God will protect us. Hold on to the yeah. snake. You will be fine. Yeah. One Sunday, a 60 year old pastor was bitten on the left arm. But he thought God would heal him. Right. Pastor Johnny refused to go to the hospital, stating, God will take care of me. I will be fine. And I guess he was right. God just wanted him to be a little bit closer to him to take care of him. So the pastor died. The Bell County sheriffs uh, have warned the churches about their practices, but they still continue to do it. There there um, There was no story on what kind of snake it actually was that bit him, but they... They did say there was an antidote. If he went to the hospital, yeah, he would have survived. Well, it was probably a... Like a cobra co- or something. Or no, it was probably... If it was the States, it was probably a rattlesnake or a copperhead Oh, yeah, I guess. Whatever, yeah. So, also, he is not the only pastor to die from doing this um, throughout the States. And he was not the only pastor from that church. There's been Come other on. pastors from that church that have gotten bitten. So, I mean, he would... Well, God just didn't like him. <laughs> At what point did the parishioners not go, maybe this is a bad idea. Maybe I I should find another church. I thought you might say that. So I looked this up. um, And in the U.S., there is 125 churches that they know of that are still practicing this um, this form of uh, snake handling. And they say that it's a long-standing tradition and it started more than a century ago. So they're not going to stop. Yeah, but there were a lot of facts searching for you. There is a lot of things that were being done a hundred years ago that nobody would dream of doing now. Like there is cocaine in the Coke. And that should be back. (laughs) Stop screwing around with all the different flavors of Coca-Cola. Put the cocaine in or leave it alone. (laughs) I'm just saying. I'm just saying. (laughs) There is time to reevaluate. Like, if you actually go into the Bible, it tells you not to be left-handed. So are they, like, making sure none of their parishioners are left-handed? Well, I guess it all depends. I mean, but how many things from the past have they found out actually works when they come to the fort? I mean, they still use leeching. Yeah, I suppose, but not in the way that they use them in medieval times. I don't know. I wasn't there. Tell me about it. (laughs) If they were, if you were guts. Tell me about it. You were there, right? Shut up. (laughs) Shut your head. (laughs) Well, you're just about to tell me, so I'm, I'm, I'm listening. I'm all ears. Do you actually want to hear? Sure. No. No. You <laughs> said sure. Okay. They would. You they, if you just got sick in general, they'd put leeches on you to milk out the sickness. I get that, but it started with something like that, and then it has evolved. Yeah. So maybe snake handling is going to evolve someday. Yeah, to antidotes for snake bites. Well, see, they're helping. 
Somebody's got to get bit to make the antidote. Right? See? It's all part of the plan. That's what I say. Take all the safety labels off. Let God sort it out. I mean, if if we're overpopulated. You'd have all the stories all at once, and then you'd have nothing. Well, I would just spread them out. (laughs) (laughs) And last but not least, a three-story run for you. A psychic from Thailand claimed that he had been touched by the gods and by his ancestors, and he could not die. They would not let him die. Oh, that is right. Never a good thought. My last Darwin Award winner. So you know, to get a Darwin Award, you have to die. Die is immortal. (laughs) <laughs> figure that Good one job. out well maybe they just can't have children yeah <laughs> so whenever johnny the immortal would uh put on a presentation outside in in the villages and stuff people would flock to watch him and what he would do is he would dance around and do things to prove that he was immortal and one of the things he would do is take a sword and shove it into his chest like for real like for real. a real yeah. ch- a yeah. real sword but normally the swords that he used were made of really soft metal and they would shatter when he performed this trick so he was just a oh so he's charlatan he yeah. was just charlatan yeah charlatan sorry yeah. yeah see i knew there was that word you were <laughs> yeah. um so yeah he would just do the tricks and stuff like that so he would do these dances and you know all this stuff and then just stab himself well, the sword that he got this time either got switched out or somebody was like, watch this. Shit. Yeah. Or quality control at the company went way up. Oh no. Because the sword he used that day would not shatter and he stabbed himself right through the heart and died. In front of everybody. Well, he stabbed himself through the heart. They rushed into the hospital a couple of days later he died. But yeah. So he didn't die right in front of everybody. Yeah, right in front of everybody. Stabbed himself. Wow. So now there is a thought that maybe he pissed off one of his ancestors. Maybe he was immortal, yeah. and yeah, they went, Nope, nope, nope. They didn't like whatever he did that, right? Whatever he sprinkled on his cornflakes. But you would morning. think, being a psychic, he would see that coming. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you would think, but if the ancestors were giving him the gift of psychic, I guess they I could have know. let him yep. straight. Nope, nope, nope. <laughs> did you see what Johnny did last week? I'm not doing it, not doing it. Yes, so those are my stories. Well, they were good stories. We forgot to give the keyword. We can give the keyword now. There's no certain time when we okay, have to give the keyword. True. Okay, we didn't even talk about the contest. Oh, that you should probably do. This is when we do it, though. This is when, like, this is when we say, please follow, like, subscribe. You right. can email us at debtorsurvivepodcast at gmail.com. So the contest that my wife is talking about is we're coming close to our 50th episode. And to yes. celebrate, we are going to give away a Yeti with our uh, our um, logo on it and... Uh, and send it out to you guys. All you have to do is listen to our episodes. When we give you the keyword, you need to uh, email it to us or put it on Instagram or or whatever way to get a hold of us, Facebook, all that stuff. I would say email it because if you put it on Facebook, everybody else will see it and they'll be like, oh, <laughs> and they'll do it. Email or Instagram, they're both good. I see both of them fairly quickly, so. Yes, and we've had several people already apply. So if you want to get in there, today's secret word is Batman. Batman is the word. Because I am Batman. I am Batman. I am vengeance. I am the dark. I am the night. I am Batman. Dead or survive podcast at gmail.com. Yeah, send the word in. (laughs) So... Uh, and again, as I said earlier today, guys, it does help liking, subscribing, sharing, doing all that stuff. And everybody that has done it, we appreciate it. Uh, hopefully our sound quality is back yes. to uh, 
a little better than what it was. And uh, our, this episode won't be as bad. Cheryl and I tend not to listen to the episodes too much. I don't want to hear myself. <laughs> well, that and we don't want to, we don't like, we really, she kind of watches the numbers and see, you know, oh, this episode good. So we can, oh, maybe we better, you know, do that more because they seem to like that more. Like we are trying to uh, play around with it a lot. Again, we are amateurs. So we sit up here in my bat cave and talk away like this. So now it is time for everybody's favorite part of the show, dad jokes. Dad joke. How do you? This is why I need alcohol. No, it's not. <laughs> there are so many other reasons. <laughs> Maybe I should have your best friend over here. If she can sit on an episode just once, and everybody will know why you need alcohol. <laughs> hey? Maybe. Maybe bring that Leah chick over here. <laughs> Maybe. Yeah? And everybody like, holy shit, I started drinking talking to her. <laughs> That'll be what happens. Anyways, you ready for my dad joke? I'm ready. All right. You're in Africa. Mm-hmm. And a rhino starts charging. How do you stop it from charging? How? Take away its credit card. Oh. <laughs> oh. That's funny. That's funny. See, she kind of likes it. <laughs> that one's not bad. <laughs> Everybody, once again, this is Dead or Survive. I am Rob. Thank you so much for listening and have a great week. Go KC, go Philly. Yeah, I'm not going to tell you who I like. <laughs> okay. I think it's Philly. It's the Eagles. I don't, yeah, I don't know. Why don't You're, you know? Because I hate football. Oh, shit. I might have just screwed that up. <laughs> Anyways, go KC. It's the Eagles for sure. Bye.